Well, welcome to Salem Chapel Online. Uh, we're so glad that you joined us this morning, or you may be watching it in the afternoon or whatever uh, time it is. Obviously, this is a different set of circumstances that we find ourselves in, but just want to say welcome and uh, just want to go over a couple of things given the uh, unforeseen set of circumstances that we find ourselves in having to, to cancel uh, services this Sunday um, because of uh, just what the governor asked us to do in response to the coronavirus. So I just want to go over a few things. Here's the first one. If things go as planned, um, and you maybe not have seen our announcement on social media or in our email, if things go as planned, we will not be having services in this building uh, again next week. And uh, I say as things go as planned because this is a fluid situation. Things may change, but right now, uh, we will not be having services next week uh, either, but here's what we're going to do. So, so this today, we don't necessarily have worship, but I want you to know that uh, next weekend, what we're planning to do is we're planning to also have worship. You can tune in uh, onto the website. You know what that website is because you're watching me right now, but if you go onto that website, we're going to have a time of worship as well as a time of being in God's word. It'll be a little bit different worship. It'll be worship that's more geared to you being able to worship in your home and to provide an environment where you can do that. And so that will start next week and that'll be either at the nine or the 11. And so you're already used to that. So continue in that, in that fashion. And what I, what I also want you to know is you can go to, you're already on our website. There's a place to where you can also uh, watch uh, if you have a family, if you have children, you can watch the lesson that your children would have had this week as well as be able to access some of the resources so that you can uh, be able to have family worship in your home. Here's what's awesome. Some of you have been like, man, we've never had family worship before. This gives you an opportunity to, to develop a habit of doing that. And so take advantage of those resources that we have on the website for you if you have children. And then let me say uh, 6.30 uh, tonight, which tonight, if you're watching this, is Sunday. So Sunday night, 6.30. Uh, your teenagers, if you have teenagers, uh, you can find information on the website to where they can be a part of a Google Hangout to where they can still get connected with one another. And then Mark will be just sharing with them how do they respond in the midst of all these things being disheveled in their schedule and all of that. So I want you to know that those resources are there. So even though we can't gather together, we are still going to be able to be able to get God's word into our lives and how we react in, in and during this time. Here's the other thing that I, that I want you to know. Uh, we, want to be, we want you to be, uh, continue to be faithful in your giving. Here's the reality. Sometimes when we don't gather together, it's not on our mind. And the reality is, is ministry still going on both inside of these walls and outside of these walls. So I want you to be faithful in your giving. I know that you will. Uh, you can go to our web, you can go right there to the giving tab and you can give online so that our ministry doesn't miss a beat and the partners that rely on the funds that come in that we support uh, can also continue going on without um, at all a hiccup. And so I wanna encourage you in that. Here's the reality. This is unprecedented. This is an unprecedented time. Here's, here's in my ministry experience of almost 20 years, we have canceled church for snow. Uh, here in North Carolina, we have canceled, when I was in Florida, church for hurricanes. But that's always been one week. So this is, 
This is kind of, this is a unique time that we don't know, honestly, some of us, how do we, how do we react? How do we uh, deal with those types of things? And sometimes a break in routine can be worrisome. Now, here's what I know in our church. So with some of you, um, here's what I know. In nine months, we're probably going to have to expand our nursery uh, because, uh, because we just know how how our church is, and so be fruitful and multiply. That's awesome for you. Um, but I just want, as we, as we gather together online, I want to share a passage of Scripture with you, and it's Isaiah chapter 26. We're going to look at two verses this morning, verses 3 and 4. But before we look at these verses, as I was thinking about this time, I really think we fall into one of three camps as we sit in our living room or we're on our mobile device or maybe we're even in our car and we're listening to this online, we fall into one of three camps. So the first camp is, is we fall into this camp that thinks that this is overblown, that this is an overreaction, that this is ridiculous, and you've seen all the graphs uh, that people have posted on social media comparing this to other types of flu. And so you sit here, and honestly, as you listen to this, you're frustrated because you're like, man, this is such an overreaction, and you have a reason for why you think that. And so you may fall into that camp. And then there's another camp that may fall into, well, man, you, you really don't know how to react in this situation, so you're cautious. And and you don't know to be fearful, and you don't necessarily know if it's an overreaction, and so you fall into this camp that's just really cautious, and, and, and you're, you're, you're taking in a lot of news, and you just, you just really don't know what emotions you're feeling. And then there's a third camp, and there's nothing wrong if you're in this third camp, but there's a third camp that you're just really fearful. You're fearful to get it. You're, you're fearful because of the unknown. You're, you, you, you just don't know what to make of this. And it's honestly, you're, you're almost ashamed to admit it, but you're fearful. And so we fall into one of those camps. But here's what I want you to know. Regardless of what camp that you fall into and what you are feeling, God's word, God's word speaks to where you are. Wherever that may be, God's word speaks to where you are. And his word and our faith is relevant to every situation. That's an amazing promise that, that we have. Every situation that we are facing. So obviously I mentioned to you, asking you to turn to Isaiah chapter 26. So we're taking a break from Colossians this morning because I think it's important that, that we really uh, ask ourselves, man, how do I respond to this? How does the Bible respond to this? And thankfully, we're going to give the answer. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to have your laptop open and you're watching me, but you still have your favorite news station on the TV. I want you to take your remote. I want you to turn it off. I want you to set it down because we've probably been doing too much of that. And I want you to open up your Bible. So let's put the remote down. Let's turn the TV off if you're watching something else. Let's open up our Bibles and see what God has to say for us today in the situation that we find ourselves in. So let me pray, and then we're going to get into God's Word. Lord, we are in a situation that, as we've already said, Lord, many of us have never been before. I don't know anybody that has been in a situation where uh, work has had been canceled, school's been canceled, uh, college classes maybe have had to move to 
uh, or been canceled or obviously services being canceled. Lord, we're just, you know, sporting events, all of that. We're in, a, we're, in a, we're in a unique time. But God, we're thankful that that doesn't take you by surprise. And so, Lord, I just don't want to pray for our church as we are communicating online. Lord, I know that there's churches all over this county, all over this state, nation, and even world that are doing this same type of thing, that have been put in a situation where this is the best option right now to to obey the leaders over us. And so, Lord, I just pray for every church that as pastors are preaching your word and how to react in this situation, that you would work in the lives of the people in those places. And God, we know that you're going to do that here because we say when your word is open, your mouth is open. So Lord, would you guide us this morning? Some of us may be fearful, but we're not fearful about the coronavirus. We may be fearful about something else in our life. So God, would we be ready to receive what you have for us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. What you need to understand about Isaiah is Isaiah is, is a prophet of God that is, that is teaching and, and proclaiming truth to Judah and Israel, so the northern and the southern kingdom, that if they don't repent, that judgment is coming. But we find ourselves in chapter 26, and really verses 1 through 6 is really a song of confidence. A song of confidence in uncertainty, and that's where, that's where Isaiah in the context of this book, that's what he's speaking, and in regards to his circumstances, there's a lot of uncertainty. Different uncertainty, but nevertheless uncertainty. So in Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4, I want you to look at it. It says this, you, you being God, keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. These verses have been in my mind uh, throughout this week. If you remember, last week was completely different than this week as far as uh, just the urgency that everyone is feeling. And so my mind went to these verses, and and here's, here's really what I want us to see out of these verses. It's this, that we have a promise that God will give us peace in all situations. I mean, that's what Isaiah is giving as hope, as as a promise that, that God gives peace in all situations. And I don't know if you notice this or not, it just doesn't say peace, it says perfect peace. I love that. Because a lot of us may be like, well, you know, peace may be something different to you than to me, but, but no, 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 God clarifies and he says, here's, here's what I'm gonna do for you because this is the God that I am. I promise to give you not just peace, but perfect peace. That perfect peace literally has this idea that it is bulletproof or immune to circumstances. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a peace that is bulletproof to circumstances. You want a peace that is bulletproof to circumstances. We all want that. So how do we live in that peace? Well, notice what it says in verse 3. Isaiah says, we'll experience this when our mind is stayed on you, God, because he trusts in you. Now, that word mind is an interesting word. It literally means your frame of mind, like how you approach something. That's the idea of mind. And then that word stayed is an interesting word because it has the idea of strong support that you can lean and rest on. That's the idea. So Isaiah says, 
Perfect peace is the result of someone whose frame of mind is leaning and resting on what? Look at what it says. It's, it's on God, on you. So in other words, a mindset that leans and rests on God produces perfect peace in who God is. So in other words, in good times, in times of difficulty, in times of uncertainty that, that we may be living in right now, regardless of what camp we may fall into, as I mentioned early, earlier, good times, difficult times, uncertain times, frustrating times, What's our responsibility? We need to filter our thinking, our frame of mind on what we know to be true about our God. And so what I want to do this morning, based on what we read in verses 3 and 4 of Isaiah 26, I want to give you three things that are true of our God that we can trust. I want to give you three things. Here's the first thing. Number one, God is in control. Look at what it says in verse four. Trust in the Lord forever. Look at how God is described. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So I want you to say that with me. I want you to say that first truth about who God is that we can trust in. Say it with me. God is in control. Now probably nobody just said that as you're watching it. So I'm going to give you another opportunity, so let's all say it. Let's all feel awkward together as we're in the living room, um, as you're watching it uh, by yourself. Here's what's awesome. I know right now we have some life groups that are actually gathering together and watching this together. I think that's amazing. So everybody say that together regardless of who's in your living room or if you're by yourself. Say that with me. God is in control. That is the first truth that we can trust in about our God so that we can have a promise and a reality and a conviction. No, 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 my mind can be stayed, can be fixed, can rest on who God is so that I can experience that perfect peace because he is in control. Now here's what I've found is one of the greatest ways to remind yourself that God is in control. It's to remember how he has proven that in the past. So think about it, right now, you probably, every one of us probably went to the grocery store at some point. Or if you had a loving wife like mine, her way of showing you love was she went to the grocery store so that you didn't have to. And so every one of us know, it's been posted on social media, you go to the grocery store and everybody's panicking and everybody's getting all the water and everybody's getting all the pasta and everybody's getting all the bread and everybody's getting all the milk, kind of like what, what we do here in North Carolina when there's a threat of snow. I don't know if everybody just has French toast parties or, or what goes on, but, but nevertheless, and then you know like the most coveted thing in the grocery store. Like I think it may be even something that we trade as far as currency goes is what? Toilet paper. And so when people walk into the grocery store, they have all this fear and they have all this anxiety and, and, and they walk into the grocery store and they wanted to pick up a thing of barbecue sauce, but because everybody else is getting all this stuff, they're like, well, maybe I need to as well. And so they go through the aisles and they fill their carts and they're filling their carts because by filling their carts, maybe you're like, well, man, now I feel safer. Now I feel more secure. Now I feel like I'm more in control, right? And the grocery stores love it. And the toilet paper companies love it. Well, I want you to think about that, and I want you to think about 
what I just said, one of the greatest ways that we can remind ourselves that God is in control is to think about the ways that God has proven that in the past. Because what I think many of us need to do, whatever may be causing you to have anxiety or whether it's this or something else, is we literally need to take the figurative grocery cart in our minds and go to the shelves where God has displayed all the ways that he's provided in the past, and we need to take some of those things and we need to fill them in our cart. Like, man, do you remember that time where God answered that? Do you remember that time when God provided this? Do you remember that time when I didn't know if I was going to get a paycheck and God provided a new job? Remember that when God closed on our house and we, didn't, we weren't sure how that was going to happen? And you just need to start filling your cart, your mind, with the inventory that God has provided for you so that you are reminded, so that you feel security that God is in control. Psalm 34, one through four says this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Look at what it says in verse four. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And what did he do when I celebrated and remembered all the things that he'd done? He delivered me from all my fears. Get this, celebration calms fear and reminds us that God is in control. I've never found someone who is fearful and thankful at the same time. I mean, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we did it. If you call Salem Chapel your home, we did a series on Philippians last year. Let me remind you what's found in verses 6 and 7. Many of you know this, but let's remind ourselves of it because sometimes the most familiar is the most forgotten, right? Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. But in everything, so it says everything. It says don't be anxious about anything. So you know what that tells me? I can literally write above my Bible right now, do not be anxious about the coronavirus because that would fall into the category of anything, right? But in everything, which that would also fall into the category of what we're experiencing, by prayer and supplication, look at this, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And what's the result? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. What will guard my heart, my emotions? What will guard my mind, my thinking, what does it say? His peace. What type of peace? Perfect peace. Bulletproof peace to all circumstances. What I love is this is a perfect example about how Scripture interprets Scripture. So Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is the New Testament version of Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. First thing that we need to remember about God that we can trust in, that we can set our minds, are, so the, minds on so that we can experience perfect peace is that God is in control. Here's the second thing. God cares for you. Say that with me. God cares for you. And listen, let's not forget this. We say this every week when we gather together. We remind ourselves of what we have in Jesus Christ. The greatest demonstration that God cares for us is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest demonstration. I have 
no excuse not to trust that he's in control and that he cares for me if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? 1 John 3, 1 says, see what kind of love the Father has for you? You can be called a child of God. It's the greatest sign. And some of us have trust issues. Can we, can we admit that? Some of us have trust issues. And that may be for a numerous, numerous reasons. And some of us may, trust, may struggle that we can trust in who God is. And maybe that's because you've never had a dad on earth or some type of figure on earth that reminded you of that. And here's what I want to encourage you with. This phrase. I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. God is not the reflection of your earthly father. He's the perfection of your earthly father. I mean, I was blessed to have a good dad. I was blessed to have a dad who, who uh, I could trust in. But the reality is my dad failed. The reality is, is there were some times where, where my dad wasn't able to come through on something that he said. And, and that's true of all of us as dads, regardless of how much we love our kids. But listen to me, God cares for you in a way that we can't care for one another because it's perfect care, just like he provides perfect peace. And God is the perfection of your earthly father. You can trust him. But listen to me, Jesus Christ just doesn't demonstrate that he cares for you and he cares for me by saving us from our sin through his perfect life, death, and resurrection. He also demonstrates his care for us in that he sustains us in this present life. We have that promise. Matthew 6, 25 through 27. Turning your Bibles to that. Matthew 6, 25 through 27. Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount and he's He's doing the greatest message that has ever been preached. And he says this, do not be anxious about your life. Interesting that he does, deals again with anxiety. What you'll eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Even though Jesus doesn't mention it, you can put whatever your anxiety level is, whatever you're worried about this morning, you can put that in there. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. In other words, what he's saying is, you ever see a bird that's worried? Go outside, out of this building. I've never seen a crow that like has this worried look on his face. That's Jesus' point. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I love verse 27. I remind myself of it often. And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life here's what i've found with worry you can't add any time to your life by worrying but you sure can take time away and what god wants us to remember this morning is that we can trust in him because he cares for us every one of us are faced with a choice every day every day and it's a choice am i going to worry or am I going to worship? Right now you're faced with a choice. Am I going to worry? Whatever that may be, whether it's the virus or whether it's something else, am I, am I going to worry or am I going to worship? Because worry never leads to perfect peace, but worship sure does. And God, I'm gonna worship you because you're in control. God, I'm gonna worship you because you care. Here's the last thing. Here's the third thing. 
that, we, that is true of our God that we can trust, and it's this. God doesn't waste circumstances. He doesn't waste them. Say that with me. God doesn't waste circumstances. Romans 8, 28, a verse that we know so well, says this, and we know, like there's a conviction here. I have a conviction. We know that for those who love God, all things. Do you notice a pattern here? How many times we've read, and it's everything, anything, here in Romans 8, 28, all things. We know that for those who love God, the uncertainty around this virus work together for good. God's going to work this for good. It doesn't take him by surprise. He's not caught off guard. It doesn't take him by surprise that, that our church is having to move our services online for whether that's this week or next week or whatever it is. It doesn't take him by surprise. He's going to work that for the good to those that are called according to his purpose. God doesn't waste circumstances. And let me encourage you with this. This is an opportunity for you. This is an opportunity for me. This is an opportunity for me to be a testimony. For me to show the type of faith that I have. For me to show the type of peace that I'm experiencing. The perfect peace that I'm experiencing to individuals, to my neighbors who may not be experiencing that same type of peace because they have yet to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.16 talks about making the best use of the time. So let's make the best use of the time in the situation that we have been placed in. Here's the reality. You're going to have plenty of opportunities that you didn't have before to have conversations with your neighbors. Like, when you go into the mailbox and go in to check the mail because you're having to work from home or whatever it is and everybody's just ready to get out of the house and to have conversation. When you go to that mailbox, when you're wheeling the trash can to the end of your driveway, when you're um, picking kids up from school because maybe school gets canceled. We don't even know if that's gonna happen. Like, like I don't know, whatever it is, you're like, man, we're gonna have a play date. Whatever it is, you're gonna have opportunities to have conversations to be able to put on display that you're approaching this different than maybe much of what they are seeing or experiencing by others around them. And you're like, well, Johnny, I don't know what to say. Here's what's awesome. I've just given you what to say. You can say, man, I'm believing that God's in control. Man, I, I know that God cares for me and this is how I'm responding. Man, I know that God's not gonna waste this circumstance. I just gave you a three-point outline that you can use right now. So don't say that you can't say something. It's an opportunity to be a testimony. Here's what else it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to minister to others. You know, I was going through and I was reading a lot of articles, as I'm sure we all were, and you know what I was amazed by? Is how often throughout church history that it was the church that intervened during times of crises, during times of plagues, during times where everyone else was, was escaping. It was the church that took it an opportunity to use this 
to share and put on display the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have no idea the opportunities that God is going to put in front of us as people, as people of Salem Chapel. You have no idea the opportunities that may be placed in front of you in the days and weeks to come. We don't know, but what I'm saying is, is we need to be reminded that God doesn't waste circumstances. So let's be ready to discern which opportunities God is calling us to seize. And so I'm excited to see how God is going to use this so that our church can have a greater opportunity to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's what else I want us to understand. This is an opportunity to model and teach your children or other families what it looks like to trust in the Lord. You know, here's what you need to understand. If you have kids and they're in school, I mean, their whole world's been turned upside down. They don't know. They're like, why are classes been canceled? Why do I have to take them online? Whatever, whatever situation you may be in, depending on what, what environment your child is in, and they're looking to you for answers. So my daughter, like I was, I was texting her because some things got canceled and and, and we had to postpone the spring refresh that we were having this weekend. And we had to postpone Winston United. And, and, and so she texted me like, Dad, has anything changed? Because she was like, man, she knows me. She knows that normally my personality is not one to overreact. And so she was like, man, is, what's going on? Like, I'm getting this text from you. And, and so it gave me an opportunity to sit my kids down after they left school yesterday and just sit down and say okay this is what's going on this is how we need to react it's an opportunity for you just to gather the family and remind your family of these things man god's in control god cares for us god's gonna god doesn't waste these types of circumstances man let me go on the website and let me let me download those materials let me gather together my family and let's 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 make the best use of this he's not wasting this in regards to my family maybe you have other family members it's going to be the topic of conversation they don't have a relationship with jesus christ it's an opportunity let's see it as that i want to close with this second timothy 1 7 says this that God gave us a spirit, not of fear. If you're overwhelmed with fear, you know that's not from the Lord. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. That word self-control literally means this, a mind that is wise. And I can't think of a wiser mind than a mind, as Isaiah 26.3 says, that is stayed on God and trusts in him. Let's pray together. God, I, I thank you for this opportunity that we can gather and just be reminded of the perspective that we can have as people that have put their trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And reminding ourselves, Lord, of a truth that you're in control. Lord, you're in absolute control. And maybe for some of us, we're a little worried right now. Maybe we're in one of those camps that are cautious or, or fearful, or, or maybe we're just in a camp that's kind of frustrated because we think this is an overreaction. And, and God, there's not judgment for whatever camp we're in, but Lord, we all need to be reminded that you are in control. And celebration is such an important part for us to take the inventory of the ways that you have worked in our lives and let them fill our minds so that we can feel secure. 
God, may we be reminded that you care for us, and the gospel is the greatest demonstration of that, but you also care for our circumstances. And Lord, help us to have the wisdom and discernment not to waste this situation that we're in and to see it as an opportunity, to be a testimony, to, be, to minister to others, to, to teach others of how we react, believing that you're in control. God, I, I pray for uh, just the, the financial worries that people may have and how's this going to affect them financially. Lord, I pray for, for Lord, people's health. I pray that we would exercise wisdom, Lord. We need to listen. We need to be cautious in, in what we've been instructed to do. So Lord, I pray for everyone to be healthy or if they're feeling sick, to be able to recover. For those who do have this virus, Lord, that you would work in their lives and bring healing in their lives. Lord, for the leaders of our uh, local and state and national governments, that you give them wisdom in how to react to this. This is uncharted territory for them. Lord, I pray for the doctors. Lord, we have many doctors in our church that you give them wisdom and an opportunity to be able to share the perspective of how they can have perfect peace. And God, we pray for our church and the churches as we prayed at the beginning of this message that are around this city, this state, our nation, and world. Lord, would you continue to build your church? That's what you promise. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen.